Welcome to the Planning Parent Podcast, where we talk to real parents and professionals about solutions and strategies to minimize the hustle and bustle that we parents face daily. This is a place where you will come to listen, learn, and share about all things parenting. I am your host, Krista Hermance. I am a busy mom to two little girls, a wife and estate planning attorney with a focus on families with minor children, an entrepreneur, scuba diver, and golf hobbyist. My passion is helping families create simplicity and bliss in their everyday lives. Welcome to our show. Reset Your Nest was born from seeing the need for functional and organized spaces that were also beautiful and consistent with the aesthetics of the home. Jen lives in Utah with her husband and four kids from ages 5 to 13. She grew up in a family of interior designers. Reset Your Nest has brought all of her passions and life experiences together to create a business and brand that brings the world of design and organization together. Welcome, Jen Martin, to our show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So um, you have this background of interior design and this mixture with organization. I love following you on Instagram. I think that you have just really great tips on there. The pictures are beautiful. It generally inspires me to try and get my home organized because I feel like that is something that I am always struggling with. So I have some hopeful questions that I I think people would be interested in knowing just from an organization perspective. You know, I am a a mom with two young kids and I just find that there is just so much stuff. Um, So what are some simple tips to get started on organizing your home? One of my biggest tips is just to start small. Um, I think we so often get really overwhelmed and we think we see a picture of some beautiful pantry or closet on Instagram and think, I'm going to do that. And we pull everything out without having the right product purchase and the right vision and just even the right know-how. And it gets overwhelming very quickly because we get interrupted by other projects or children. So starting small is the most important thing. So like you said, when someone is overwhelmed, um, that is the biggest thing, the hurdle in, in getting started. So do you have any tips then on starting small? Is it, you know, finding a specific area in your house? How do you go about that, that starting small? Um, that's a great question. I think, I, first of all, identifying your pain points. So what areas in your home are causing you stress, whether it's, I think spices is a great example of a small project you can start. And if your spices feel out of control, if they're taking up unnecessary space, because really they're not that big, or if you're trying to cook for your family and it takes you 10 minutes just to find the one spice that you know you have somewhere and you have to lift up every single container, that's a really great easy project with just looking at a few pictures on Instagram and a few tips ordering a few products ahead of time that can manageably be done in an hour or less to transfer all your spices over. When it's done, you see this marked transformation. It changes the way that portion of your kitchen functions. And then it increases, I think, motivation and desire to do a bigger project. So whatever it is, identify your pain point, make sure that it's a small enough pain point that you can do it successfully. Do that adequate research ahead of time and then feel good about your accomplishment and then move forward. Yeah, I, I have been there. Uh, I think we probably all have um, in some sense when we're like, yes, we're going to organize our closet. And then you literally pull everything out of your closet and then you just have this huge pile on your bed and then you have nowhere to sleep. 
And it's just like, what do I do next with all, with all of this stuff? And so I like the idea of having that plan because it is overwhelming. You know, and I find that clutter to me is one of the things that just kind of drains me. Like when I see clutter in my house, it is just this like anxiety in me. And I feel like it doesn't increase my happiness. If anything, it it makes me unhappy. And it's like this, this negative effect that it's having on me because when my house is clean, I am in a much better mood. I don't know. If, I don't know if you see that in in your clients when you do work for them. One hundred percent, and and in my own self as well. And that's one of the reasons why I love my business so much. Gretchen Rubin always says, "Outer order, inner calm," and that to me is encompasses everything that reset your nest is. And I think that we are. It's just human nature. When our environment is calm, then that's how we feel on the inside. So it's just so important. I agree. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny you mentioned Gretchen Rubin and I, I don't know if I've seen stuff on your Instagram where you've mentioned her before and, and some of the stuff that you, that you have done. Um, but I, you know, I, I love her philosophy when it comes to, you know, just finding the happiness and the things that she does. I, I will need to revisit cause I know she's got some new stuff out. She's been, been having that information out there for years on happiness. And, um, I think it's, it, it's funny you just bring that up. So I will have to, I'll have to revisit her, her stuff. So do you have any systems on how to keep your home organized? Yes. I mean, I have a few tips of how to stay. Once you've done, we call it a reset because of reset your nest. Once you do that initial investment in learning, in the education, in buying the right products, in taking everything out and completely organizing it, creating a system then the maintenance really is not that bad. And I do believe in daily and weekly maintenance, Um, putting your house to bed every night. If you have kids having setting a timer for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, just getting everyone on board to do a quick cleanup. Um, I have the, we have a couple rules in our home. One is the touch at once rule, which is if you are, if you have something in your hands, we're not going to put it anywhere, but where its final destination is, where its home is. So you don't set it down. You don't set your backpack down in the middle of the floor. You set it down on the hook where it goes, whether it's shoes, backpack, your dishes after dinner. It doesn't go in the sink. You touch it once. We're not going to touch it again and put it in the dishwasher. So just teaching habits. We also have the two-minute rule. At least that's my own personal rule, and I'm trying to teach it to my kids. If there's anything that takes two minutes or less, then we do it now. We don't put it off till later. So um, just following those general rules of keeping that those systems maintained that you've worked hard to create, it really isn't bad, isn't hard if you have worked hard initially to get it to a place where it can be maintained. Yes, I I love those tips. So I'm going to go I want to I want to retalk about those cuz I think those are so important. So my kids are 4 and 6 and I think these are such great practical tips on having kids um that really can help. And so like I actually have an alarm clock on my phone that goes off every night at 7 o'clock that's like start the bedtime routine, right? Start that. And so I think I might actually create that that 10 to 15 minutes, probably 10 minutes to help clean up because I find myself doing it every night. They go upstairs and they start getting ready for bed and getting the stuff that they're doing while I reset, put, I guess what you say, put the house to bed. I like that. 
in getting it because I don't like walking downstairs the next morning with a messy house, right? It's just, it kind of just sets the tone for my day. Um, and so I like everything being put away, but I, I think that's a great suggestion on having that 10 minutes where everybody is working before they kind of start that nighttime routine to get stuff put away and to help. I, I really do love that. Okay. And then the touch it once rule. Um, I, I mean, that that's amazing. I've done it. And I, I've heard of it over the years, but I never thought to teach my kids it. And that is literally the one thing when they come in after school with their backpacks, it's like if they could just put the backpack on the hook that I have for them, take their lunchbox out of it, put it in the kitchen, and then they're done rather than me having to argue with them later, like, why wasn't this done? And don't get me started on trying to find the water bottle that goes missing every single day somewhere, <laughs> you know? Like um, every other mom. <laughs> Well, at least I know I'm not in the own boat. I mean, literally every day there is a water bottle missing. I have two kids, so it's one of them that's it's always missing. So the touch it once rule, I, I really like that too. And then I've never heard of this two minute rule. I, I mean, you said you made it up, but the idea, I've never heard of it that, because I've heard of it like when it comes to doing stuff in work, like with email, if it'll take you like less than 30 seconds to do it, just respond to it right now to save time. So it's not something else that's building up, but I never thought to apply it to, to kids. And, and help them learn this two minute rule with that. If it'll take them that amount of time to get it done. And my kids are young. So hopefully, you know, these are things that, you know, I can just start working with them on, but I, I really do like those tips. So thank you for sharing those. You're welcome. I'm glad you liked them. Hey, if you are enjoying our show, please make sure to subscribe to the Planning Parent podcast and join our community on Facebook at The Planning Parent, where we share resources, you can interact with our guests, you can share your experiences and be part of our parenting community. Now back to our show. Yeah. If a family has a, let's call it a landing ground right? Somewhere where things just tend to pile up in the house, things just get put there. Do you have any suggestions on how to keep that space organized? Yes, I have a few ideas. So it depends on where that landing spot is because I don't believe in junk drawers. And if everything has its home and we're only touching things once, then hopefully we can eliminate those landing spots. So I have a basket. Things tend to pile up at the top of our stairs for things to be taken into the basement. So we just have a cute basket that stays at the top of the stairs where things pile in and can't be seen. But then also, I think most families tend to have a place where papers, bills, mail, things tend to just naturally pile up. I like to coin that the command center. So even if it's not at an actual desk area, um, you can be intentional about it and create a command center of sorts. So if you need a filing system or a basket that's um, an action basket where things that need attention that are paper items, um, if you need a place where that goes, then just create create a basket for it or a place for them to go instead of just letting them pile up on the kitchen counter or what, wherever it is that things tend to pile up. So I think more... Uh, talking it through, I think the biggest thing is creating, being intentional about it. If you notice things piling up in a certain area, then add a basket so that then it, it has a purpose and a place. 
Yeah, I, I like that um, idea for the command center. Um, I've heard I've heard of that before. I do not have a command center. I have the pile. Uh, mm-hmm. I also have a junk drawer, <laughs> so don't come to my house. Um, and you know, these are things that you know just add. It's just this additional like small anxiety that you have these just piles of things in in places. And so, um, you know, like you said, having this command center, this system for because you know this stuff is going to come every day right? It's going to be the same thing over and over again. There's papers that need to be dealt with. There's bills that need to get paid. And so having some type of system um, that this is how it's managed, because like when I get mail, I try and go through as much as I can to just get it thrown in the trash, right? So that I don't have that piled up, but I still have a pile of the things that need to get taken care of. Um, And so having those as baskets um, or some type of system, I I think is a really great idea. I think if anything, also it's in ensuring that your family is following the places of where the stuff actually goes rather than putting it there. So it's having that one dedicated spot that these backpacks go or that these, you know, these bags go or something. Cause that's, I mean, when I come into work, I, I put it all there on the table. Right. And then I'm having to put it away later. Um, so I'm going to have to teach myself to instill this one touch rule. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then also with kids, like I totally agree. It's so funny. I was just teaching a group of women about how to organize a pantry. And we were talking about how labels, they're not for us. They are for everyone else to get everyone else on board. And the same thing when we create these systems, yes, they're for us. They'll help us feel better. But if you're not explaining the system to everyone else and continuing to explain and teach and guide, then you can make systems all day long. And all it's going to get you is some frustration because everyone else needs to know where things are, where they go, and where to find them. And then that's when it will really start to save you time. Okay. I, I like that. So I want to hear about this pantry, especially for families with, with little kids. Are, do you have any tips and suggestions on how to organize the pantry with little kids in mind? Um, that's a great idea. Every family is so different. So it really, I think being intentional about how your family eats and how your family functions, I like to really map out zones ahead of time. So if you're having your kids get breakfast on their own, then make sure that you create an easy to access breakfast zone that will be easily maintained. So if that means putting cereal into easy to see containers, so they're not, you know, tearing open the bag and cereal flying everywhere and so they can see it and they're not just leaving, you know, half of a box of cereal to get stale. Whatever it is, thinking about how your family functions and where you want things. I have a lot of families who don't want cereal down low because their kids will have nine bowls of cereal a day or some who really want certain snacks down low, the healthy snacks down low, and then maybe the fruit snacks go a little bit higher because if their kids have free reign, again, chaos will ensue. So Really, I think being intentional about it and thinking about how you want your family to function, the types of items you normally buy, um, and then create zones and and then buy the bins that make sense according to what will work best for you. Okay. I like the zone idea. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that before or thought about it. I'm actually in the middle of a kitchen remodel now. So it's, I'm excited because I just saw your eyes light up. Um, so it's like <laughs> trying to figure out because my kids are getting older and I want them to be more self-sufficient when they're getting stuff. And I did not know that fruit snacks um, are not healthy. So I'm going to have to rearrange where those well, go in my pantry. I'm sure they can. <laughs> <laughs> they can be. My kids have no self-control when it comes to fruit snacks. So that's something yeah. that I keep just a little less out of sight. 
Yeah. My kids actually still do ask me for permission for snacks. And so it's, you know, I'm trying to like instill this. You can pick one snack from like this zone and you have to get a fruit or something or a vegetable with it. I'm trying. I say trying because it's generally not as successful as I would want it to be, but it's, you know, I, I am trying to get more there and, and they, they do it sometimes from a family perspective, having the food organized just makes it so much easier to figure out what you have, what's available. I think having an, an organized pantry is just, is one of those things that can just lead to such less stress. As, as I'm trying to say that eloquently. Um, oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about toys. We talked about kids and food. So what about from a toys perspective? How do you organize kids' toys? Again, I think it comes back to intention. Okay. Um, thinking about, well, having a space for them. Are they going to be in the kids' rooms? Is it in a closet? Do you have a, a room set aside just for toys and what will work in that space, what toys are actually getting played with, depending on the amount of space you have. Some people say, I just don't know how to organize these toys and they don't have room for it in their house and they have so many toys. So maybe being intentional about the kinds of toys you buy, if there are toys you don't want to edit down, maybe rotate your toys. So coming up with a location and a quantity of toys that you want in your space at any given time. And then organizing them in bins that, again, make sense for your kids because it comes down to allowing them to see what toys they have, understand what toys they have, and then be successful in putting them away. So if that means clear bins, they're not always the prettiest, but if they can see them, or if that means putting labels on the bins that you end up using that have an image of what of a ball or a doll or whatever it is so that they know that this is the bin where all the balls go or this is the bin where all the Legos go, And I think you can absolutely make it look cute and darling and not busy and not like a huge mess, but thinking with your kids in mind, what will make them successful. It also, surprisingly, I think it makes them have more fun, fewer choices, easy to clean up, makes them want to play with their toys more if they know that they're going to be successful in cleaning them up in the end. So yeah, I, I completely agree with that. My kids have way too many toys. Um, we are at a stage now we need to go back through and, and and donate stuff that they're just not using because there's too many choices, right? It's the overwhelm that then they play with nothing because the things are hidden. They're not together. They're not organized in a fashion that you know they can play with all of these different pieces because they're spread out all over. So I think also from a happiness perspective for them, it'll allow them to be able to find things to do and actually play with the toys that they have. So... Lots to do. Lots to do from an organization perspective. So with that, then, you are a professional organizer, right? That is your business. I think a lot of times people are very kind of intimidated on how that process works when they work with somebody who does professional organizing. Um, Just, you know, and people that I've spoken with, it was, you know, I don't want somebody coming into my house and then have, you know, seeing all of this. And so maybe if you can share what the process is, that might make it a little less intimidating. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's it's interesting because I know our industry has gained a lot of momentum recently, especially with the onset of COVID and then certain TV shows, but it's still a relatively new concept to have someone come in your home and do this. We've had interior designers for a long time and housekeepers, but this is different. And our business especially, we feel very strongly that we are creating a culture of no judgment. We are so grateful to anyone who 
trusts us in their home, we take that responsibility very seriously. So when someone wants to hire us as a professional organizer, they get to speak virtually with our project manager who looks at their space through like a Zoom call. We plan the project because we focus on the aesthetic as well as the function and the systems. We make sure that we really get a feel for our client's style, the look of their home. We get measurements so that every container that we bring in feels like it has been and is custom chosen and purchased for each space, unique space and each unique family. And then we come in and do the things that we talked about that easily create overwhelm for just one person because we come in with a team of organizers and whatever the space is, whether it's a garage or pantry or bedroom, we empty the space entirely out. We clean it. We sort items. We consult with our client throughout the entire process so that they, so that we really get inside their heads and understand how they live. And then they, at that time, can choose to edit items or not because, again, there's no judgment. So if they want to keep every broken crayon, that's fine. But if they're ready to get rid of things and only surround themselves with the things that are bringing them joy, then that's great too. And we make it so they at least can find and see and maintain all of their things and maintain the systems we're creating. So that's kind of the process and how it looks from our end. Okay. Um, Well, great. Um, So you said the uh, aesthetics that you use for organizing. So I'm assuming you have some shops that you can recommend where you buy some of these things. Can you share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely have my go-tos and I share, I always am sharing links. Um, You can access them from my website and even from Instagram because I get requests day in and day out about my best tried and true containers, which I do have a lot. After trying hundreds and hundreds of products, I knew that was an integral part of my brand is bringing in the best of the best products that looked the best and function the best. I love Container Store. Not everything from Container Store is great, but they do, they have the widest variety of great organizing containers. Their prices do tend to be a little higher, and I found a lot of comparable items from Amazon. So I share about those deals that I find. So Container Store, Amazon, Target has some containers. I am a big Target fan, but I'm working on upping their organization game. (laughs) So um, there are some products from Target I really love. Um, There are even some products that you can find at Costco for a discounted price. So whenever possible, I'll shop from Costco. Um, HomeGoods has great deals, but I struggle with HomeKids from an organization perspective because you can't buy in bulk and then measuring and ordering ahead of time, you're a little bit limited. So I stick to HomeGoods for my interior styling and decor items. So yeah, those are my real go-tos, Container Store, Target, Costco, and Amazon. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you for sharing. And I am definitely going to go back to your Instagram account to look at which products you're recommending there, especially as I am completing this kitchen remodel yeah, and figuring exciting. out what I need to put on my my pantries and stuff, get my zones worked out for my kids. <laughs> you had mentioned Instagram. So how do people find you and connect with you? Yeah, my website is resetyournest.com. And my Instagram is also resetyournest. There are underscores, but if you type in reset, you'll find me. So just remember the word reset. (laughs) Okay, great. And we'll have it in the show notes too. So anybody that wants to connect with you can go follow you there. And then you also had a discount to offer. Is that right? Yes. We offer virtual services as well. 
We are looking to expand Reset Your Nest in 2022, but until that happens, and we don't know where exactly that's going to happen, we offer DIY virtual organizing services where you can speak with one of our incredible Reset Your Nest certified organizers and have them look at your space and give you a list of products that will work in your space and they'll walk you through step-by-step and even give you um, an image to follow of where certain products should go. And we are offering 10% off that service for anyone who's listening to this podcast. That sounds amazing. And um, we will have the discount code in the show notes. I recommend coming to California if you're looking for expansion ideas. I would love to. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining me, Jen. I really appreciate it. Your tips have been so helpful. I am excited to implement them with my family and my kids. Uh, I'm sure my kids will not be as excited, but you know, they're going to get on board here. (laughs) They will eventually. Eventually. They will. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the Planning Parent Podcast please make sure to subscribe, rate, write a review, and share our podcast. Please check the show notes for resources and all the ways to connect with us, including joining our community on Facebook at The Planning Parent and follow us on Instagram at The Planning Parent. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and got some great solutions and strategies to help you achieve the simplicity and bliss you deserve. And remember, take a deep breath. You do matter. You're doing a great job.